What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Unlikely Journey here with Stephen Kwong, Natalie Slayer Robinson, and Jess Furman. We have a special guest this morning, Nathan Brown, Chief Science Officer over at Parallel Health. Natalie, do us the intro, please. Take it. Well, I'm so excited to introduce uh, Dr. Nathan Brown, uh, my co-founder at Parallel, as, as Steve mentioned. Um, I like to tell people um, that Nathan is one of the most curious people um, I've ever met, which I so appreciate. Um, he is just motivated by his vision of preventative health. And I won't give you the spoilers, but essentially Nathan is a phage scientist um, and a genomics expert. Uh, he grew up in Oregon, uh, but did his most in, most recently uh, did his postdoc in um, in the UK, building uh, phage therapeutics for bacterial based illnesses. He was funded by the Gates Foundation and the Wellcome Trust, um, but luckily he uh, went to the dark side and decided to bring phages to to the market. And so we met; we're former colleagues and and are building parallel together. But with that. Um, I'll let Nathan sort of take it away. Nathan, maybe share with us, you know, where are you from? Um, what, and, and just bring us to, you know, bring us from where you were to, to where you are now. Sure. Yeah. It's good to be on here with you guys. Um, I'm from Oregon, like you said, from Corvallis, Oregon. I was born there in 1985, so I'm really old. And in the interim between uh, then and now, I, I pretty much had a I know, pretty typical childhood, right? Like, uh, I went to high school. I was a, oh man, I was a total, uh, like, a, a spaz. Have you guys seen Freaks and Geeks? Yeah, I'm like the main character in Freaks and Geeks in high school. And uh, yeah, that's me. And Do you have I a really picture you can send that we can replace your headshot with for this for this podcast, potentially? You want a younger yeah, me? Like a, like a throwback from that era, yeah. <laughs> Pasty face. Yeah, absolutely. I could give you that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, so, yeah, pretty, pretty typical, you know, B student, not, not the best student, really distractible. <laughs> and, um, but like Natalie said, pretty curious all the time. Um, I really like to do cross country and bike in the woods and that sort of thing. So um, actually in high school, we, we grew up in kind of the woods. So I spent not in high school, in like like grade school through high school, uh, I, we lived in the woods. So I spent a lot of time um, entertaining myself, in, you know, building things in the woods. Um, my dad had a wood shop, so he, he's kind of a hobby woodworker. So I, I built furniture, basic stuff, you know, um, and just kind of interacted with, with a lot with nature, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, most people may not know what a phage is. So can you expand on that? What a phage is? Yeah, sure. So they're everywhere. There's like 10 to the 31 phages on earth. And what they are, are microbes that infect bacteria. And um, actually that number 10 to the 31, that's, that's bigger than the number of estimated stars in the universe. So they estimate there are more phages on earth which is crazy right so with something that like uh, you know abundant ubiquitous everywhere um you know it's got to be like a force of nature right so what's it doing it well it's killing bacteria so like every 
I don't know, day or two, it, it turns over, they estimate that phages turn over half of the bacteria on earth. That, that is, they kill them, you know, ha- half the bacteria on earth. So they're a major force in microbial ecology. Got it. So now that you have this knowledge in the palm of your hands, how do you intend to use this power? Um, engineer microbial communities with them. So if they can kill bacteria, you can kind of think of them as like sculptors. They can like take away the material of a bacterial community. So you can remove the bad bacteria, kind of cut it away. And so that's what we want to do with phages. We, uh, Natalie and I want to use them to um, kind of sculpt the skin microbiome. Like the skin microbiome is all the bacteria that live on your skin. And they can be good or bad. They can be really good. There's the the lactic acid bacteria that can be really good for your skin health. And then there's things like like MRSA, like Staph aureus, that can cause like antibiotic resistant infections. Um, There's bacteria that make you smell bad. (laughs) Um, Most of body odor is like, there's a little bit that's the food you eat and the chemical compounds from like onions or like if you eat a lot of curry, you might smell it coming out in your sweat. A lot of those compounds come out in your sweat but most of it's due to the bacteria that are growing on the sweat. So it's not actually your sweat that makes you smell bad. It's like the bacteria that are growing on it. So we could get rid of those. Um, We could, you know, prevent a lot of disease transmission because that's transmitted on your hands a lot, you know, stuff like that. Curious. um, So you're saying, so are you, I know with the microbiome stuff that you're doing with Parallel, because, um, you know, we've had front row seat with, with Natalie's and we've gotten to see like, you know, just everything from like the early marketing and, you know, early testing stuff, which is really cool. Um, of course, that we were allowed to see like the testing kits that were sent out. Um, when you talk about external and internal, like, you know, because I know that the skin being the largest, you know, organ, like how like how does that interplay with like your your like what your strategy is? Because you know, is it just topical? Is there an idea that, you know, you might tackle it from a different perspective? Like how, how do you tackle that problem using phages? Okay. I think, I, I think I know what you're getting at. Like can, can changing the, the gut microbiome affect the skin and vice versa? Is that what you're getting at? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for sure we know um, there's, there's several papers on this now that your gut state is really important to your mental state. And your mental state is important to your um, skin health. So they're all kind of connected. Um, and, you know, that much is clear, like, like influencing your gut microbiome can make you calmer. Um, some people think that it can help with um, autism, actually change a lot of the symptoms of autism. And um, there's, there's thought to be a connection between acne and, and your gut health, so how, how you eat. So, for example, um, if, you, if you eat a lot of dairy products or drink a lot of milk, um, the lactose stimulates a lot of insulin-like growth factor 1, which can increase um, sebum production on your skin. That's the oil your skin produces to kind of keep itself um, um, lubricated, keep the moisture barrier intact and all that. And um, so that can increase um, um, levels of acne as well because the bacteria that, that cause acne eat that sebum. So there's a connection between like a certain diet, like a dairy rich diet and acne levels um, among other things. Um, a lot of people say just sugar in general can increase sebum levels. So yeah, from the inside out for sure, 
from the outside in though, there are feedback loops, right? Like, so um, depending on how you feel when you look in the mirror, that can affect how your stomach feels, right? Like you, it can, you can get a sinking feeling in your stomach if, you're, if your skin looks terrible just before a big presentation or something, <laughs> right? And that can exacerbate anxiety. So there's definitely a feedback loop as well as like social feedback loop. If, if you look a certain way, that can, that can influence how people interact with you. So, you know, sometimes we get told, oh, you look pretty tired or you don't look so great, you know, and <laughs> that's not always the best way to start a conversation. But like that, that can influence your mood, even if you were in a good mood before someone, someone said that. Right. So, um, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's complicated and we haven't figured it all out, obviously, but there's definite biochemical links between the inside and the outside of your body. When I'm thinking about skin health and the available options out on the market. Typically, these are topical treatments that claim they can do uh, a, a number of different things to help people improve, and the brands are endless. How is your phage solution distinct and different than what's commonly sold currently? Oh, man, in so many ways. The whole paradigm is different, right, Stephen? It's like um, everyone else like claims they can do everything we claim that we we can give you a very precision product, and by very very much focusing on one or, or two types of bacteria, we can solve a lot of problems just by knowing which ones to target. So, the difference is instead of just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks, we're saying, okay, let's go in there, let's remove this one bacterium, let's sculpt your microbiome very specifically with the knowledge we have from your tests, and then let's let's see what the effect is, um, you know, on many different levels. Like, um, you know, for example, if you target cutobacterium acnes and just remove that bacterium, that, that has a few effects. One is it increases levels of other bacteria, right? So like cutobacterium acnes may cause acne. So if we target that, we may increase levels of cutobacterium granulosum, which don't worry about the Latin binomials. I'm just making the point that, you know, we can, we can, modulate that skin microbiome and make um, more uh, um, beneficial microbes more common on your skin. So it's like a double whammy. You remove the bad one and you encourage the good one to grow, right? And in addition, you might, you might um, step into a feedback loop in your skin where you've got acne and your body reacts actually sometimes by uh, producing more more sebum to kind of um, insulate the skin and 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 deal with the with the insults of the bacteria on your on your skin and um, if you remove the problem causing bacteria maybe they would produce your skin cells would produce less sebum and then maybe you'd have less cutobacterium acnes um, you know after breaking that cycle so another case is like like in eczema this is really nasty so in kids especially they get eczema. I, I kind of, we have dry skin in my family. And so I kind of like I'm on the edge of having eczema. I have really dry legs, for example. Um, so what happens with kids though with eczema is really bad. They'll go to sleep and they'll scratch their arms at night because their skin's so dry. And what's happening is there's bacteria on that dry skin that loves the dry skin called Staph aureus. And that actually directly communicates with your nerve cells called nociceptors in your skin. 
and it causes itching. And they also release histamines, which cause itching. So the bacteria oh, wow. like stimulate the kid to scratch his arm while he, or he or she sleep, right? So you know what parents do to do this? Parents deal with this by putting Vaseline all over the kid's arm and then wrapping it in saran wrap. And that does two things. It keeps the skin moist, it keeps it from drying out, and it prevents the kid from scratching like a like an open sore on their arm by the morning. So, so that's a feedback loop you could interrupt, right? You could you could step in, remove Staph aureus, and reduce the itching. I like the feedback loop too. That's really interesting. Like, I mean, it makes sense when you say it, but it's, it's probably not so obvious when you're <laughs> struggling with the problem where you're like, what came first? You know, the anxiety that caused the breakout or the breakout that caused the anxiety. Yeah. Um, so it really, yeah, really, really interesting. Um, I, so I, I'm curious because so with, with our podcast, <clears throat> it's all about like, you know, unique trajectories and lives and careers. So like, you know, have you been interested in, in this science stuff your whole life? So like what, like kind of going back to your origin story, like, like what's, what's led you here? Like what, it, what's the culmination of, of your experiences that has, that has led you to, to start this company? I've made some pretty unconventional um, choices, I guess. So I had a pretty regular childhood. Then I um, went to university um, and uh, studied Russian. I was, I was kind of like, okay, science is great. I love it. But, you know, people are interesting too. And I want to learn about different kinds of people. And <laughs> who's more different from an American than a Russian, right? Well, that's not totally true, but it is a really different culture. <laughs> so I studied the language. And then, you know, by chance, I, I, I realized that you know, what, I was really interested in phage at, at one point. I, I was just like, oh, this is really neat. Otherwise, I found microbiology kind of dry, honestly. I thought it was really, nothing really grabbed me. Um, so when I realized that that phage were used in, in Russia as medicine uh, while reading this book about the history of, of molecular biology and microbiology and phages in like 2006, I was like a sophomore in university i was like oh my god this is so cool i'm studying russian um these things that i find really interesting the only thing in my science courses i'm really captivated by at the moment um you know they're heavily used in russia i should go to russia and find out what they're doing with them right and so um i was just like yeah let's do it and i really like combining things so i love uh um, the idea of like jumping into a new area and and finding how it like fits with with something I've been doing before and just kind of mixing it up. That cross-pollination idea, do you know what I mean? Like a lot of the creative guys like Steve Jobs, they're all about that, you know. But that's exciting because that's where discoveries lie. Like, and I'm all about like, I am curious. Like, <laughs> like my personal driving philosophy in life is, you know, why are we here? I mean, there's not a lot of good reasons to be honest, <laughs> but I can think of one. And that is like where humans are the expression of the universe wanting to understand itself, right? And curiosity is, is the defining characteristic of the universe wanting to understand itself. And that is kind, in my opinion, that went, that's what makes for a good scientist. I mean, I am not like the smartest guy. I am not the, the um, it's not like I went into science because I was really good at it, right? 
I went into science because I was curious and that's a field where I could like satisfy that curiosity, you know, and these phages were interesting and Russian was interesting. So I went to Russia to learn about phages, you know, and that was a trip, man, because growing up, I loved Indiana Jones. I don't know if you guys are big fans of Indiana Jones, but the idea of this, like, you know what I mean? Right. Like you're going to the, I mean, Temple of Doom was, it wasn't that great, but you know, Last Crusade was my favorite, man. And, um, the idea of this, this, um, stuffy otherwise what would have been a stuffy you know academic <laughs> uh you know going on these like crazy adventures in the middle east or wherever and uh you know dealing with the nazis and stuff i mean that was exciting so and, and looking for something you know timeless like like the holy grail right and so phages are kind of timeless i mean they've been around forever and they are kind of a holy grail in a way they they um they're they, they have the potential to solve the antibiotic resistance problem, which we could talk about later if you want, but I don't want to get into it too, too deeply, uh, except to say that, you know, they could be really important. Um, in addition, like I could like go to the libraries in like in, in Moscow, right? Into the state libraries in Moscow. And it was a trip, man. It was 2007 and they didn't have like computer systems up yet. They didn't have computer databases yet, right? And this is at their state, their central state library in Moscow. It, it's through card, yeah, I was looking through card catalogs for for for, for um, articles, and then I went to their their medical library, and and it was the same way. It was just it was like time travel, and so there were so many elements of adventure, and of course, like nothing's easy. So everything you know, getting a library card is, is, is like an adventure in Russia. <laughs> so so you know, it it was like that. That's kind of what turned me on to it. It's just satisfying that curiosity and going on that adventure and uh that childhood you know dream to be an indiana jones i guess you know which is kind of dumb but, but but i enjoyed it it was a lot of fun well i'm glad you went to russia i'm a big fan of russia are you that's kind of controversial you know well, i know i know i have friends there i've been there three times uh-huh. um I just generally like the people. I think Russians are straightforward. They, they, they tell you exactly what's on their mind. There's no second guessing. Um, that's generally been, been my experience. And I, I, just, I, I just love the culture. Yeah. So I know it's a controversial thing to say, but my experience there has, was, was great. And those are the memories that I'm keeping. That's awesome, Stephen. I totally agree. I mean, I miss my friends in Russia. It's hard to talk to them now. You don't want to get them in trouble or anything, you know? And I, I just don't know. Exactly. what to say and not to say, but yeah. What cities did you live in? I, I just lived in Moscow for a year, but then I did a lot of traveling. So we went to Kiev. It was kind of cool though. We were in Kiev and that would have been 2008 when Bush came to bring Ukraine into NATO. So there were a bunch of protesters out, um, you know, protesting Ukraine joining NATO and all that. So that was like a moment in history I got to see. And we're seeing that all of that play out, the decision there not to bring Ukraine into NATO has had echoes into today, right? So, you know, that was kind of looking back, I was like, whoa, <laughs> you know, I saw something kind of historic. Um, so Ukraine, um, as well as St. Petersburg, I've been to Novosibirsk, that was cool. Um, and then a lot in like Eastern Europe, the Baltic Republics and that sort of thing, you know. What, what, what cities have you been in, Stephen? What were your favorites? My favorite city, and this is unbiased, uh, would be Shalabinsk, oh, which wow. is in the Ural Mountains. Yeah, it's about an eight-hour drive from the border of... Is it Kazakhstan? Kazakhstan. I have a lot of friends there as well. Oh, that's awesome. I've also been to Siberia. 
Nice. Yeah, on um, on Thanksgiving, as a matter of fact, and it was <laughs> cold. Really? Did you celebrate? Did you get a turkey? I did not. We were actually uh, in the midst of the uh, world champ. The kettlebell world championships were were in uh, Tumin, which oh, is in the middle oh, of Siberia. Yeah, oh, crazy story. Some Russian kettlebells. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, are you fluent in Russian? No, I am. Ter- I've lost a lot of it. I mean, I can speak it, but you know, it's really bad. <laughs> can you speak? Not at all. Not a, not a lick. I. I keep my Google Translator with me at all times. Uh huh. Yeah, I can get yeah. through a basic conversation, and then I have to be reminded of what everything means every every third word. <laughs> so I'm curious when you think about the potential power of phages. There's got to be some thought between the application in the lab versus bringing that application at scale to the market. How do you intend? Or what is your vision of seeing this thing become the common solution for skin health? I know you, you and Natalie are doing some fascinating things behind the scenes right now. And certainly I wouldn't want you to disclose any confidential information. But for the layman, they may not be familiar with, with the sciencey stuff from a go-to-market perspective. Speak a little bit on that, please. Yeah. So um, we're a very untraditional biotech company. Um most biotech companies, they're, they're go to market. They don't even go to market. <laughs> they look to be acquired by a drug company, right? After, after phase two trials or whatever, and, or, or, you know, sell their assets to a, to a, a big pharma company and then develop a new one. Um, and we're looking to go to market uh, B2C. Uh, so we're looking to uh, pitch phages to the consumer. And uh, yeah, the, Kind of the vision behind that is that, well, phages are everywhere. There's 10 to the 31 on Earth. You can't avoid them. They're safe, especially if you can sequence the genome and figure out which phage you're dealing with. It's pretty dead easy to find one that's um, really safe. There, there haven't been clinical trials where phage have caused side effects, so people aren't worried about that at all. And so, you know... Why not integrate them into consumer products and and share the share the joy with the world? Because, you know, one thing I've learned from my my um, academic work with phages is that they work a lot better prophylactically. So they work better if you oh, interesting. yeah you don't want to, and that's true with most. To be honest, it's it's mostly infectious disease in general is better prevented than than treated, right? And that's true with most things, right? Um, but so I was studying Shigella in the UK and and Shigella causes dysentery, which is a big problem, um, you know, in, in Southeast Asia where, where the monsoon season can cause flooding that, that spreads, you know, dysentery. And, uh, um, it's really not a big deal where you have, you know, decent sewage, um, and, and public sanitation, but, um, yeah, so what we realized while trying to build a phage product to treat Shigella with, you know, a great support from the Gates Foundation is that it's probably not a good strategy, even for antibiotics or any other treatment to try to treat it. You really want to prevent it, you know, because by the time you've got symptoms, the damage has been done to your body 
And it's probably self-limiting anyhow. And it's just going to go away on its own. So uh, really, you want to prevent it. And so I realized, whoa, like, <laughs> um, you know, if, if there were a consumer application, it'd make more sense to like make, a, you know, a traveler's diarrhea prevention phage, right? Like a product that that travelers could take before they go to, to Mexico or something and avoid Montezuma's revenge. That that fit better. But the problem is there's not a big market for that, right? So um, if you look at skincare, though, um, bacteria, people don't think about this day to day, but the bacteria on your skin have a huge influence on how you look, um, a huge amount of influence. And, and for example, acne, um, you know, it creates these zits, right, which are just super unpleasant. Um, and so here's a great case where you could prevent it's it's also low stakes. No one's going to die from acne. So you can kind of um, you can envision a phage product that prevents, you know, the accumulation of the bacteria that cause acne. And um, people would notice, too. People would see they're getting fewer zits. Um, people would see their complexions clearing up. Um, people would see their zits going away if they already have them. And people are, um, you know, really, really focused on this. So we could, we could get a metric that, that consumers would buy into. Really interesting stuff. Thank you so much for giving us the lowdown on phages and what you guys plan to do with that. Tell us a little bit more. We're getting close to wrapping up. How can people get involved with Parallel Health? Like what's the first step if they want to learn more about phages and what you guys can provide? Yeah, just go to the website, parallelhealth.io, sign up for the wait list, and uh, you can fill out a questionnaire, and um, we'll keep you appraised uh, of our new products. We're about to launch, so we'll have our first phage products on the market soon, um, and a test where you can see all the stuff that's growing on your skin microbiome and, and, and figure out how you want to optimize it. That's amazing. I can't wait. Sign me up. Sign me up. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Nathan. It's been a pleasure. This is mind-blowing stuff. I can't wait to share this with our audience. Um, unfortunately, time is up, and I'm going to give you all your time back. I'm, I'm sure you have plenty of work to do this morning. So, signing out for The Unlikely Journey, this is Stephen Kwong, along with Jess Furman, Natalie Leah Robinson, and Nathan Brown. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. <laughs>